tonight. Arsenal snatch a 2-1 win away against Bournemouth thanks to a truly thunderous own goal. We asked Mustafi to stop domestically abusing us and wonder why we keep coming back for more. Tonight on this and Ask Brothers Rankcast. Good evening listeners and welcome to this and Ask Brothers Rankcast. As always, I'm joined by Toby. Uh, first and foremost, apologies for missing the podcast last week. Australia has some mental thing where every now and then you cannot get a game. And last week for the Watford game, was it the Watford game? No, sorry, last week for the Wolves game, we just couldn't get it. Ridiculous. Toby, you had the same thing? Yeah, well, uh, the streaming service that we pay for, which is actually far better than living in the UK, we're actually quite fortunate overall because you can pretty much get everything with one particular supplier. Um, obviously have some rights issues where they've sold one game per, I don't bloody know, week or month or something to another carrier. Um, so for love nor money, we couldn't, actually watch the Arsenal game and by the time we pulled our fingers out and realised we could download something or something along those lines, it was too late and we'd realised it was a boring ass fucking shit all draw. So we're not the most no. we're not the most technical of men, you and me, Toby. The the DNA for no. the ability to use computers definitely skipped both of us. Yes. More so me than you, even. <laughs> oh no, I think I'm worse. I think I'm worse than Techno- you technologically our word that we're not allowed to say anymore yep. in the PC world we live in. Yep. Well, that word would be retarded. This is the Arse Brothers. It would this be retarded. This is the Arse Brothers, mate. We can... Uh, if, we said it. If, that's the, wor- we if said that's the worst thing we say all night, then we are winning. But listeners, we're not here to talk about the, the technical deficiencies that Toby and I have ingrained deep in our DNA. We're here tonight. Deep. So deep. So deep. We're here tonight to talk about the Bournemouth-Arsenal game. Toby, three points are really, really important three points for Arsenal, especially when we're kind of looking forward now to the game against the Scum Yep. and then the game against Man U. So really in the scheme of things uh, in... Uh, I know I've, I say it pretty regularly, but in what wasn't a flagship Arsenal performance... Uh, Certainly not. ...the actual... In the in the actual scheme of things, with what we've got ahead of us, massively important. Oh, it, it was it was to use the word again, massively, massively important. You know, an away performance, a, a real, I don't know, six out of ten type performance. You know, but that gets the result that we needed and, and you know, to use the, the classic cliche, you know, winning ugly when you're not playing well. Um, that's simply something that we didn't do, um, particularly towards the end of the uh, of the previous regime. So, fuck it, we won. Happy days. I mean, and speaking of regimes, Toby, I, I, I put out a tweet just before the game when I saw the lineup, just saying how big... I thought the size of Emery's balls were that he yeah, is massive. that he is so willing to to chop the team up and change it and essentially put out a team built for Bournemouth. Now it, it yes we got the win. I don't think it went a hundred percent to plan. I don't think everyone was super comfortable 
inside no, the formation we, that we chose. But I just but wanted to know your thoughts. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to know your thoughts on why you thought the three at the back came in, whether it was tactically, personnel, go for it. My thoughts, and I also tweeted this this out, was um, that I actually felt that it was... And, and this and this is the wonderful thing, and this is why I was so happy about it, and you know why um, why I'm well and truly on the on the Emery love fest. I thought he set up specific to their team, you know, and for us who haven't haven't had that for the last twenty two years, um, you know that's that's such a wonderful feeling, um, you know, to um, to have. So I thought the back three was designed to. A couple of things, obviously to experiment because we've been looking, you know, towards that, um, but also to contain what's a pretty mobile, pacey and powerful front two. You know, there's a lot of movement there. So I thought we were set up not just to win, but to negate some of their strengths. So that's that's my perspective on um, on that. And they have some pretty talented midfielders too. That That tiny little fucker, Fraser, you know, got about the pitch and, you know, really had to, we really had to defend tight and on the front foot, you know, to him. So they, they were very dangerous on the counter and some of their movement was was very fluid um, and they worked their fucking holes off. So I think we we absolutely set up to play um, a team that we respected away from home. And, you know, we, we didn't play that great, but we contained them. You know, and we were a bit disjointed, but but we got the result. So pretty pretty happy with that. Yeah, well, this is more now. I can't remember whether it's equal to or more away points than we got for the entirety of last season. So yeah. even if we're just yeah. looking at things from, you and I often speak about progression, that the thing that we're looking for is progression. You know, maybe we're not, Maybe we're not of the mind where we need to be looking at Arsenal and, and seeing a top two team or seeing a team that we think we can take it to City. But what we are looking for is we're just looking to see some kind of a progression, the team moving forward. And I think that the away record is something that I can look at and say that's the team moving forward. And for me, the concept of having a manager who's not just going to pick names based on names, but is going to try and actually look at a team tactically view a team and put a team together to get that job done it it's so unvengarian it's like when you've been in a relationship for a long time and you finally sleep with another woman and it's like it's so new it's so shiny everything is fantastic mm-hmm. so you're my new girlfriend emery i'm in love with you and even though you're not that hot it's new so it's awesome yep so you just want to keep tapping that shit <laughs> just keep tapping it just quickly, can I throw a question back to you? Yeah. Um, and I just realized that we completely, in my response before, completely missed out when talking about the back three, completely missed the balls of dropping Urzel as well in that particular setup. Like, how huge was that considering, you know, from the Liverpool game and, you know, the last good performance, a run of draws, almost losing, you know, to actually go away? and produce a result away from home before a run of huge games. How do you feel? I feel that it's something with Emery that you're starting to look at something in the terms of season management, which is something that I don't think we had 
a lot Ooh, of that's, for that's, a long time. That's that's a new concept, isn't it? You know, the idea of managing a season, the idea of looking yeah. at a calendar of games, making sure that people are fresh. And I mean, it, it brings us in really, really quickly. It, it brings us into the whole Urzel thing. It's a really nice segue yeah. into it because there mm. are a lot of ideas out there as to why Urzel may have been benched. Now, he's played a lot of football. We know that. Yes, he's not playing international not, not football. that much. No, but I mean, he's played, he's played plenty of football this year. So on the one hand, I'm just saying out loud what people were saying on Twitter when they were looking at the team lineups. And mm. a lot of people saying, oh, look, maybe he's tired. Maybe they're saving him for the Tottenham game. Maybe yep. he, Emery is putting a bit of a rocket up him. And we, we've seen Emery challenge him. All year, all season, we've seen Emery challenge him. He even released a thing in the press the other day saying he was looking for more from Ozil. Yeah. You know, yeah. in the context of things, that's new for us as Arsenal fans because the Vengarian approach would have been to just play him and play him and play him and play him and, and do the same thing. And I was saying to someone on Twitter, you know, the definition of insanity yeah. is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. So to answer your question, you know, in the context of things, how important this Bournemouth game is and how important this this state of season management is, is amazing. Mm. Because if we had have managed to lose this one, I mean, we lost to Bournemouth last year. If we had have only just drawn this one, we're staring down the barrel of five draws in a row. I think it would have been four in a row in the Premier League. And then we're going away to Spuds, away to the Scum, no, sorry, then we're at home to the scum with them just going and battering Chelsea. And, I mean, we'll talk about, we'll touch on that later on as well. Yeah, begrudgingly. But begrudgingly, yeah. we will touch on that later on because it, it brings some stuff back about Arsenal and about our early mm. start to the season. And then after that, we're against Manu. And as much as yeah. everyone sits there and says Manu is shit, I still think they're hard to break down. I still think- And they'll get, they'll get up for us. They'll get up for us. I, I feel like they're, they're team suffering motivation somehow. I don't know how the fuck you do when you play for a club like that. But, you know, they're, I, I feel that they'll get up for us somehow. I think it's going to be so, a tough couple of weekends for yeah, the so Arsenal. I think there's going to be a couple of tough games. I think that if the barometer against Liverpool was in place for us to see where we were at, I think that equally the game against Spuds is just a, another one. It's another time when we're going to sit there and we're going to be able to look at it and we're going to have to see where we were at. And like mm. I said, there was a little bit of stuff around Twitter about maybe the three at the back. He wanted to test it here to see if we would... Are you sure it's at the Emirates or is it at the um, no, at Wembley? I'm quite, quite sure it's at the Emirates. No, we're at home. I was right. I was right. So, Toby, yeah. much of this Urzel debate was around whether it was a tactical decision, whether it was a matter of resting him. What was your view of it? What did you think maybe the reason might have been for Ozil sitting on the bench? Pretty simple. It didn't fit into the setup. If we wanted to play that setup and have three at the back, you know, two holding midfielders, you know, the wing backs tucked in somewhere in the midfield and moving forward, um, and then three up top, I'm sorry, but Ozil has had enough time to prove himself. Well, that on the would right. negate the theory. 
that we were doing this for Tottenham. Yeah, well, that that shits on that theory. So therefore, therefore, it means that this was a specific tactic for a specific team to get a specific result. Yeah, the only the only problem with that is one particular individual completely fucked the whole. Yeah, and we're gonna get. I mean, Mkhitaryan's been scathed, absolutely scathed. throughout I mean and we will we will crack right really deep into that look I thought that perhaps the reason why Ozil didn't play had a lot to do with Lacazette not being there and I thought that perhaps Emery saw the work rate that Lacazette provided not being there and Aubameyang coming into the team, who is a low-touch player and I think is yeah, a bit of a low-press play. player in terms and of work maybe in terms of a lack of work rate from two of the front three. I think fair play. That that was my that, that was where my yeah. that was where my kind of mentality went. But just rattling through the formation quickly, Toby. So yeah. three at the back for I think it's the second time this year we've seen it. We've seen it once before in Europe. Um, exactly what you'd expect. Bellerin. We had Mustafi on the right. Socrates anchoring the defence. Holding on the left and Kalasanak. Um the Torreira and Xhaka axis continues. Then in front of them we had Awobi and Mikatarian. And then in front of them we had Ubanganman. And the the formation was really interesting for me because Mikatarian was in a free roll. Bellerin seemed to be hung out a lot a lot of the time. Whether yeah. that was Mikatarian was he was he Max was he in a free roll or did he not just or did he just not do his fucking job well he had like the and he had he not, the third most not, amount of touches for any Arsenal player so he was in a free roll yeah, so you'd, yeah you'd assume I so. mean regardless yeah, of whether any of those touches were good of which I think he had like one or two in the game yeah there was about two really good uh, contributions from him and the rest was totally Because Awobi was very much on the left channel and Awobi and, yeah. and Kalasanak linked up well throughout the entire game. They did. Their part their partnership was was good. It was And one of the first things I wrote outlet. down was I imagine Kalasanak is going to have a good game here because this is his position and we've spoken so much about the fridge and about yep. how he's not suited to being a left back and he's more suited to be a wing back and you know, he went and had went on and had a, a fairly decent game. Granted, because he didn't have any um, any defensive duties necessarily. I mean, mm. he, he he even I think he hung the guys out a little bit for the the Josh King goal. But I mean, we can get into we can get into that a bit later as well. Um, mm. Looking at the the Bournemouth team, Toby, not a bad team, huh? On paper, they they kind of look like they should be in that. Sixth to tenth wrestle with Leicester, Watford, Everton. Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, they they do look like a good team, but they also don't have a huge amount of absolute stardust quality. So I, I think they're a real sum of all parts, or some of their, you know, some of their parts, or playing beyond the sum of their parts is probably the best best way to say that. Um, so they're really well set up. They're really co- well coached. I mean, I think everyone thinks very highly of um, mind blank, mind blank. Eddie Howe. Eddie, yeah, Eddie Howe. I think everything everyone thinks thinks incredibly highly of of Eddie Howe, um, and their press and tenacity and work rate was um, was commendable to the point where 
they pretty much ass fucked us for the first 20 minutes. Yeah, well, I mean, as if we planned these shows out, Toby, and we don't just call each other five minutes before we're about to start the podcast, let's crack into the first half. Um, And really, until about 21 minutes, most of my notes are about Arsenal looking a little bit disjointed, about the back five being very high and very flat, and Bournemouth really having the run Mm. of things against us. Did you see it the same Mm. way? Well, we really defended as a back five. A a flat back five. It was crazy. That's right. That's right. Usually you have a back three and, you know, the the wingbacks are pushed up more and everything and, you know, it's interchangeable. But there was literally a row of... A wall of five. It was so. Crazy, I had us in know? a five-two-two-one. Five-two-two-one. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's quite that's quite narrow. You know. Um. Yeah, but they they were still finding space though between you know between the the side centre backs and and the wing backs. We we were getting cut up, and I felt like it was more for us. It wasn't the fact that we didn't have defensive numbers back. It was more. It was more the spacing, you know. It took the, the words out of my mouth, Toby. The, the yeah, spacing so I was felt... mental. And I thought it ended up, the spacing ended up really fucking Leno early on yeah. with his distribution yeah. because people weren't in the places that they usually were. And this back five was like, it was spread out sideline to sideline for me. Like, yeah. You know, and it also meant there was no cohesion because there was too much space between the defenders and the midfield, let alone the midfield and the you know, in the front three. So I felt like there was less bodies. That that was the most time I've ever seen a back five because I didn't feel like when Wenger was doing it, it it felt so disjointed. No, I mean, the, 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 wing, the wing backs under Wenger was so much further forward and that's why we, yeah. we were so liable to get hit with those diagonal balls. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I thought that the, the spacing was all wrong. It took us a very long time to, to work out how to play. Um, Leno mm. Leno's distribution for the entire game was long. I would say that was the least amount of short passes. And every time he went short, it, it was there was a bit of squeaky bum in there. There weren't and people then, moving and then in front of long. them. Yeah. And then he'd smash it long. And I mean, if we're talking about the first 20 minutes, you know, it was like Lord of the Rings with the Balrog. You know, drums, drums, drums in the deep. Can't get can't get out. Can't can't get out. Um, it just kept coming back, and it was wave after wave after wave. And I mean, that ended yeah. up leading to their opening goal, which was called which offside. Was a goal. Which was yeah. called offside. Which, from every single angle, was a goal. I, I had huge relief when that was when that was given offside, and then I look at it and I thought, oh god! Did you see? As it was happening, almost in like a super slow-mo car crash, Mustafi going to ground and sliding in and almost fucking the whole thing up. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, look, um, we'll again, we'll sort of, I think we'll dig in to some of the individual player. Well, we, we certainly will. I just, because I, that's, felt I, I, I think to, I think that's a pretty, I think that's a... There, it'll be a big talking There point. was some like, yeah. violent Mustafi hatred on Twitter, like really violent Mustafi hatred. And I mean, there is a little yeah. bit of a, there is a little bit like um, Mustafi's reputation precedes him a bit in games mm. now. I think people have their blinkers Absolutely. on a little bit there's, and, and don't look at the good things. And lazy 
punditry. Yeah, punditry as yeah. Well. I mean, even Mangan on Arsblog, who is a Mustafi hater, no, he, he was even fair. even he was gave fair. him a fair, even gave him a, a fair trial. Yeah. A fair yeah. trial. Come on, Andrew. We're like best friends, man. Come on, say some nice things about me. <laughs> I'm not always bad. I played man. good last week, yeah. Yeah. Just, come on, guys. Come on, guys. You saw me play, and I was good. And now maybe you know I'm not so good today, but maybe I'll be good again tomorrow. <laughs> I swear, our podcast has become just impersonating Mustafi at this point. Oh, it's not. It's not a bad tactic. But the one thing that the goal did do was definitely wake Arsenal up. And it was around the 20-minute mark I started writing, Arsenal coming back into it now. And it all kind of starts with a 100% direction moment when our little monster wins the ball in midfield, drives, pings a really nice shot, and clatters into the post. And I thought... Did you you crack a direction? I I I cracked a fat direction, mate. Yeah. Um, And I thought, oh... You know, there's there's moments that you want to happen. You know, like I, oh, I like sure. I it, wanted it was, that to happen. He's been so good. It was for a bit so heartbreaking, wasn't it? Yeah, because I saw post. it going yeah. in. Like I was I was yeah. off the I was off the couch. I saw it going yeah. in, and I was like, "This is, you know, for a guy who's becoming more and more cult week in and week out, and and Arsenal's. I, I'm going to call it right now. He will end up being Arsenal's player of the season." I have no doubt. Yeah, well, well don't jinx Injury, in, in, touch your head, yeah, do whatever. Yeah, doing something like that. But Arsenal wake up at that point, Toby. They come back into it. Um, and then that is is preceded by one of the meatiest sliding challenges you are likely to see in the oh, Premier League this year. Oh, was my next note. Yeah, Mustafi on crazy. I, I couldn't it. believe the ref walked over to him and, and said to him, you know, pack it in that for me is 100% what Premier League football is all about and that is one of the only reasons to love Mustafi he's G.I. Joe he's all action and he fucked up Ryan Fraser and it was and it was a fair tackle as well like I know I know I know he took him but this is the thing if we eradicate that from our game then what the fuck is there left honestly like you know, you you we play to the ref so much as it is. This is why the Premier League is so revered. If you it it's like cricket with the disparity between the bat and ball these days. You know, you have to have you have to have some form of even keel. Defenders have to be allowed to defend. For me, that's exciting. Yeah, you know, that's that's a direction moment for me. And um, but with Mustafi, once so again, it was a, we'll it get... was a Mustafi direction. Yeah. Um, and once again, we'll, we'll we'll analyze him further later on because he'll come up. But that was that was worth noting. He had another amazing moment not long after that, as well with this like uh, Bournemouth hit us on a counter attack and there was a diagonal ball hit and he hit this interception. It was like a flying scissor kick interception, yeah. like full off the ground, full a- full action man, Mustafi. You know, mm. highlight real stuff, and at yeah. you know at this point, I'm writing down notes saying Mustafi's having a cracking game. You know, and he's he's been I'm writing he's been good for us for weeks now. You know, when is the agenda going to lift about him? Well, me too. But I was still burned from his unbelievable Mustafi for the for the goal who got disallowed from the what's his name Brooks. Yeah, so I still, yeah, I, yeah. I was still, I was. That was still in the back of my mind. All whilst really enjoying 
his commando style defending. His his full blown. I mean, and then Toby, we we might have witnessed one of the goals of the season. It was just unfortunate that Jefferson Lerma oh. smashed it into the back of his own I know. net. Well, fuck me, I've I've never connected with anything that well to score a goal in my life. I so. didn't even see it go in. Like it flew in that hard. I was like, what? What's happened? Yeah. Yeah, so we were fortunate with that. I mean, I think I think we we had turned the screws more before that and and played our way into the game. We were but... we were coming back into it. We had started to work out our spacing. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, like I said, I don't want to dig too deep into it, but I've got about ten notes on Mkhitaryan balls that were overweighted, underweighted. You know, there's a, an amazing counter-attack that's on. All Mkhitaryan needs to do is, is turn on it and play Bellerin down the line with his right foot. There's well, I, I read I read this wonderful thing today. And like we say, we try not to read too much to, to skew our opinion before we do this. But I was reading this article and, I, you know, they, they alluded to Mkhitaryan because the whole rest of the team worked their socks off. They might not have played well, but they worked their socks off. And they alluded to Mkhitaryan being the like your brother who's shit at football, who's been invited along for a kickabout at the park, and you feel sorry and you feel sorry for him. <laughs> that's how fucking that's how fucking shit he was. So anyway, I thought I'd just get that in there. I mean, so you know, we've got not only Mkhitaryan was a bit profligate in front of goal but Aubameyang's first miss from that corner that comes through to him that he smashes over the bar from point blank was a terrible miss as well and again yeah. I was I was starting to get that gut-wrenching feeling of, was there any was there any mitigating factors no there was no pressure on him it came down to him he took the ball down you know so he chested the, but yeah I, I the was trying least to watch that it you are expecting from him there is that he takes a an Alan Shearer approach. He's not got a lot of room and just and cunts just it. cunts it. Just cunt it at the goalkeeper. It could go anywhere. But, you know, instead mm. he lifts it. Mate, there's a chance for a Wobi there. Wobi tries to bend one after that. You know, there's... And Bournemouth were racking up the chances at this point, but on the counter-attack. So, mm. again, you know, it was a little bit of, of... And it wasn't like we were we were kind of having unusable possession. It was it was breaky from Arsenal. And Mikatarian mm. was getting on the ball and driving through the middle of the park. And, you know, again, like I said, for the yeah. 10th time, we, we will dig into him later mm. on. And can I can I add, I, I thought Bellerin had a good first half. He was just a... I thought he was one of our better players. I thought Bellerin looked... had a smashing game for the whole game, yeah. especially considering, yeah. once again, the guy who they put in front of him gives him yeah. nothing. And that was so strange yeah. for me because early on in the season, the Mkhitaryan and, and Bellerin relationship was the one that was, was most good. exciting it's me. What we were, it, it, that's right. That's right. So that, that was confusing. And I feel like that's why Mkhitaryan started on the right. It was for that relationship. The other player that had forged a, a really good understanding with Bellerin on the overlap was also missing. So being Lacazette. Which was Lacazette, yeah. Yeah, because Mkhitaryan has a habit of... of of coming inside and it's actually a lot of the time Lacazette who would come out to the right and then play little one twos. I just think it's Arsenal again, having two another load of number tens and inside channel players who all want to come and occupy the same space, you know, and it's, 
Oh, I fucking hate to say it. I mean, and and to talk about the scum, I mean, if you look at the Son goal on the weekend, and I was just reflecting on that, thinking when was the last time we had a dynamic winger? I don't... I I barely remember. I mean, Henri used to make those runs. In form, Oxlade-Chamberlain for a period of time would would burn people, would go past people, had a dropped shoulder, you know, could little, like throw his legs over the ball, you know, yeah. once over. And, and was capable of a 10 out of 10, but he was wildly inconsistent. Yeah, yeah. You know, so anyway, just finishing off this first half, Toby, is another absolutely blasted chance from Mikatarian. He heaves one into Rosed. Um, yep. Then he has a really weak shot. I think he hits the dirt with his foot before he hits the ball. It goes nowhere. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and then you know, in, in and, and in, do you want to mention the times where he just let runners run off him as well? Oh, I mean, the, on? well, I'm, I mean, Are we try not to go there yet. <laughs> I just, I just think that if we're going to do it, we need to. It, once we start, we, once we, we need once, to go, we need to go all in. Once we open we this in. jar of rainbows, um, jar of rainbows. <laughs> who will help me open this jar of rainbows? Just smash it open. <laughs> We're just going to smash open the Mikatarian jar a bit later on. Um, yeah, yeah. Last seconds of the half, Toby. Full Arsenal fashion. On the counter-attack, heavily pressed up. Uh, Torreira pressed up. A Wobi yep. over on the right. Yeah. Didn't go to plan. Bellerin involved there as well. So we've got the yep. guy who's meant to be on the right filling the hole. We've got our deepest line midfielder there as well. Everyone's caught high. Massive break. Yep. The ball yep. pings out to a, the a Wobi trying to do a pirouette. Oh look, it, look, getting... he's he's paid to do that, Toby. I, I saw I saw a few people having a go at him about that. About look, if you're gonna try some shit. You try some shit in the box. As a forward, you have the and license. And you rely on your mates to be covering you behind. I, I wasn't saying that in a in a in an overtly critical manner. All caught high. Kalasinak yep. caught wildly high on the other side. We end up in yep. we end up in kind of what started as a three on three. But that's and why one you're of their lads the back. Yeah, and but one of their lads broke their neck to get there. Jack are not athletic enough to get back and help. And you wonder yep. whether or not that's, you know, if Chirera is going that far forward, Jacker needs to drop off. You know, we, we've spoken yeah. about Jacker and maybe not having the most amazing football brain. And the other problem mm. with Jacker being that he is so unathletic. Lieutenant Dan yep. has no legs. That he ain't got no legs. He, he's not going to turn around and get back. Anyway, to their credit, mm. what a fucking thunderous shot from King. That's unsavable. Well, I actually thought it was a beautiful goal all up. So, you know, Fraser, with that pace on the break, you know, pinched it, ran all that time, I thought. Um, Callum Wilson played really well, drew the defender out, came back inside, hit a really good ball that sliced, bypassed, you know, two, three of our players. Um, And Brooks, who was incredibly impressive, um, you know, sad he's a Welshman, um... Or well, not even a Welshman. Like he's born in the UK, but played, decided to um, play for Wales or something like that. Anyway, so he fed it beautifully to um, to Josh King, and fucking hell, what a finish! What a finish! Yeah, not did a you lot, have any? Lot, did you have any? Do. No, no, no. I, I didn't even factor him in. Uh, did you feel like anyone could attract back 
Well, I, I, look, that? I thought Kalasanak got caught very high up considering the attack was on the opposite side. Uh, you know, yeah, if, 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 you're, if you're attacking down one side, I think it's the left wing back. Yeah, you, you cover with the other. You cover yeah. with the other guys. I thought Xhaka was high. I thought Torreira was high. Um, and Torreira, in a way, I mean, you kind of like it's great seeing him attacking more and being a goal threat, but that's kind of not why we have him in the team. Yeah, but you know? that's that's have... about the team playing well with Torreira. You know, he yeah. has quality going forward. He has mm. more quality going forward than what we've seen yet. And yeah. when he goes forward, you have to have players around you who are intelligent enough to know that they need to drop off. I think Arsenal got really heavily baited by Bournemouth yeah. in this period of time because Bournemouth was sitting yeah. very, very deep. Well, they were countering us, weren't they? But, so, I mean, you know, but and by the time you've, you've added the say... pace of Wilson, King, uh, that Brooks lad was, had pace as well. And the yep, midget and, and the hobbit yeah, and running the, down and, the and other the side. Yeah. You know, yeah. they, they, look, it was just a solid counter-attacking goal. When it broke, I thought we had enough back there to deal with it. I, I thought, yeah, no, I thought it was going to get dealt yeah. with. And then I kind of thought that the back three didn't shuffle across and pick up their men. It, it almost ended up mm. like Mustafi ended up at right back. Socrates ended up at left center for at right center forward, holding ended yeah, up at left center out, forward, and they got pulled out. Yeah. Now you would yeah. also argue that's intelligent runs by Bournemouth. They put numbers in. People didn't yep. know where to pick up or when to pick up. Yep. But as far as a goal, it was smashed in. And my point yeah. I wrote down was they are absolutely worth that at the halftime. Yep. I think we would have got away with one going into that a goal up. But in saying that, you've got a terrible Obama Yang miss in there. You've got a terrible Mikatarian miss in there, and you've got Mi- yep. and you've got the ball breaking down with Mikatarian all the time with these misplaced passes, just going on and on and on throughout the half. And at the whistle, Toby, I was just screaming to tear Mikatarian. I was just like, pull him, pull him. Well, off. I was actually, I was actually thinking, even Urzel, as much as he frustrated me all the time by not sticking to a wing. I would rather have him there because at least well, we could retain possession. Well, what more does Mkhitaryan do than Urza was doing? If the preface of it was that you needed to get more hard work into the team, you know, Mkhitaryan, I up. find he, he, it's a lot of lip service that he plays. You know, it's a yeah, bit Walcottian in the way that he goes about Correct. his defending. Correct. You know, he, he runs around a bit and he does a bit of pressing, but really he's got no fucking idea about his defensive did you see, responsibilities. Did you see Mankin's joke about that? No. Nah. <laughs> that it was that he'd said previously it was Walcottian and then he apologized for the slur to Theo Walker. <laughs> <laughs> um so, you know, half time I'm 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 kind of I'm kind of going into it thinking that we're we're lucky to to be one one. I mean we should have been a goal down. You know, on the other hand is you know, there's a lot of people saying, Oh well we missed our opportunities, we didn't put things away, there was a lack of cohesion. Mm. Into the second half what were you starting to think for this game? Were you starting to think this is Arsenal's time to go or were you worried that maybe Bournemouth going and snatching that goal was going to mean that we weren't be going to be able to go with them in the second half, with them at home and the crowd up and the singing up? Uh, look, ne- neither. I, I was just in like a state of, of angst. You know, it could have gone... Either way, and I sort of didn't feel that we had a huge amount on the bench to change things. 
you know, I like the fact that we tried out a back three. I didn't want to dispose of that. It's so not quickly. the way that I would have lined up a back three, though. The reason why I wanted a back three was to get two up top. Not, Correct. Not to play a, Abs- a flat yeah. five, you know, with a two and a two and a one. And, you know, I will get... And it. that's what we've been discussing. There, there wasn't that option because of our personnel, because of Lacazette being injured. And Welbs not absolutely, being Well, I don't know. Should we get on to that now? I actually felt he was the the key player for that formation lacking for it to work. He would have been tailor-made. I think a, a Welbeck-Obamiang combination would be devastating. Absolutely. Absolutely because, you know, His power would have made up for Obamiang's lack of touch. His power, his work, how good he is in tight spaces. Yeah. You know, I like Welbeck against a, a packed back four, a packed back five, because yeah. he's good at turning yeah. people around the corner. He's strong. He holds people yeah. off. And yeah. in the end... You know, it's a bit of a shame for Aubameyang because in the end, he finally gets his run up top. The game doesn't suit him. The system doesn't suit him. He's a low-touch player. Um, You know, he's obviously, I I think, starting to get low on confidence in front of goal now, regardless of the fact that he's scoring goals. People call me out and say, oh, he's scored, you know, nine goals in... However long, but that's because of his experience and his positional. Play. Yeah, and my, our fucking nan could have scored that goal that he scored, Toby. I, no, I, that's, I mean, that's the, right. the technique involved in getting the ball in the back of the net, anyone could have scored. I'm not then saying that that's not you know the technique involved with making the run, being there, staying on side, no. the athleticism no. to get there the predatory instinct yeah. to poke it yeah. away. I'm not bringing any of that yeah. into contention. But that was more Kolasinac's goal than Aubameyang's uh, goal. Before that, it was it was Awobi's ball. Yeah. Awobi's ball yeah. was just... He's he's done that two or three times this season now, and you're starting to see why Wenger was talking about him as, a, as more of a connective midfielder for a long time. You know, oh, what? So push another one over in the centre? Yeah, I mean, it's very Wengerian, but... You know, you you can see with some of those balls. That's the second time in maybe three weeks he's played one of those balls where he has mm. absolutely bisected a defence. Yeah, well, his partnership with Kalasinac was good. They look I good. They look the, good the in, a, in a in a three in a three at the back, which I still think you know is an option for Arsenal. Mm. You know, with with mm. with better personnel or with different personnel. So after Aubameyang's goal goes in, Toby, I'm starting to think floodgates. Let's go. I'm, I'm starting to think we, we're going to burn this out. You know, three goals, four goals. You know, I, I predicted the game as a as a three one, and that we'd broken them. I, I did think they'd started to tire around that mark because they put in a huge shift. Yeah, and then they their their, their subs came on and, and ran hard. I mean, that's what your substitutions are for. You know, you pull three yeah. guys who have run hard off you. You put yeah. them on, and do you know what, Toby? Yeah. We, we're going to tackle it now. We're, go- we're going to tackle it right now. We're going to tackle on, the elephant Shoot. in the room. Okay. Mikatarian's fucking misses in the second half are deplorable. They are drop-worthy. They are sell-worthy. I don't mm. ever want to see this guy in an Arsenal shirt again after that performance. He was so well, far substandard. Really think, buddy. Don't hold he back. He was so far substandard. That break where Aubameyang finds him, yeah. he takes the yeah. heavy touch, kicks it against his standing foot. 
He blazes another one into row Z after that yep. from a good position. Granted, Obamiang yep. does one as well, which I also thought was really bad. It was an Obamiang area. Yep. Yep. The quantity of misplaced passes, overhit balls, poorly taken shots, blasting the ball, the guy's on 250K a week. He's well, our this, second this the, highest paid player. Yep. I'm looking at yep. the Arsenal team now, and a lot of people are saying, we've got to bring in a centre-back. We've got to replace Monreal long-term. We have to bring in a right winger. I'm starting to look yep. at a guy like Mkhitaryan now and say, I'll just put you on the market. I'll just sell you because someone like Spartak you know, is going to come in for him. I think in Germany, someone's going to come in for him. Maybe his Premier League run, his lack of success at Man U his impending lack of success at Arsenal, uh, maybe the writing is just on the wall for Mkhitaryan and it's time to say, thank you very much, Mickey. In parts, you've been good for us, but not only the money that we can get for you to reinvest, but the money that we can invest in wages for someone else, it's time that you moved on. Well, uh, what can I say? But yeah. I mean that's 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 what I was thinking. I mean, not long ago we were saying he's almost the missing link to this team and the setup, but we just can't keep carrying him, you know. And and the thing is, he's he's either twenty nine or thirty. He's on huge wages. He's coming off two years of ineffectiveness at Man U, and I don't think we've got time with this squad of players with their age demographic to be carrying him. You know, there's there's more important players there and he's just not doing it. He's not matching the work rate that Emery requires or us as fans desire. And um, his final ball, I mean, his... Um, well, his final ball and his finishing and his defensive acumen. His, his touch. All of them are lacking. His touch, his weight of pass. Every single I mean, thing. Even even, in the, he, he misplaced his first pass of the game. I, I, would, I agree. And I would even go as far as to say I'm not enjoying his body language either. No. And so that, just, you know there, what? That was so the next that's... thing that I was going to bring up and ask you is did you not think that he looked... Uh, not disinterested because I actually thought he 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 worked like he he worked hard, as in for himself. He, the, look, the conundrum with Mikatarian is he gets in so many dangerous positions, mm. like which means that mm. he has the intelligence to get there and he ghosts into areas. And I was saying just last week, I was saying you've got to persist with him. You've got to give him a run of games. You've got to play him into form so that you can get the best out of him because we don't have someone else to play off the right. Correct. So you either double down on Mkhitaryan and play him into form, run him and into that, form. And don't you feel that that's what this game was? But he, what he's done is he's put in such an atrocious performance that he's almost made it so we can't go back for at least a period of time. I don't think he's going to get in the... I don't think he's going to get in the first team for a long time. I I think I think you would be better off, you know, as much as I hate to pander to popular belief, mm. you would be better off giving Eddie a run in the team, you know, off the Eddie's not going to defend less. 
you know, at least he can run hard. At least yeah. he can run hard, and he'll be hungry. I know we've frozen him out of the team. I'm, I'm not. All these people saying, oh, you know, get rid of Welbeck, get Eddie into the team, do this. Do that. I'm not a big believer in that because I don't think that Eddie has proven himself at senior level. No, but nor is a But fuck me, what's the other option, Toby? You, 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 yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, he's a cunt though. So. He's a self. I know. He's a, self, I know, he's a you're selfish. You're in a situation. He's a prick. I, I wonder. I wonder maybe if now is the time to stick Ramsey out on the right because he's got to get game he's, time. He's got to retain and he's got a form. Good history against Spurs. Maybe as well. he is in a position now where he knows he's leaving the club, and if yeah. he can nail down a position for Arsenal until January and beyond, and do a job for us, and maybe cement some kind of legacy. So that when he leaves, we're not just saying, don't let the door hit you on the way out, Aaron. Maybe now is the time. That's a great shout, Toby. I mean, I probably hadn't given enough thought to it. I don't love Ramsey. I've never loved Ramsey. I think he's selfish. I think he's overrated. But some of his best football, no doubt, was on the right. A hundred percent. You know, maybe that's the option for the, maybe that's the option for the Tottenham game. I absolutely think it's an option for the Tottenham game, and I don't think Mkhitaryan could have done any more to play himself out of the fucking team. The only problem is, if you bring Ozil into the team and Ramsey in the team, are they going to occupy the same spaces? No, the only way you bring Ramsey into the team is under a very specific set of rules. Like, you are playing. I, you are playing I'm going to put right. like a fucking... I'm going to put like a home prison jail tracker on his leg yep and he can't actually if go he comes in, into the inside channel if he comes anywhere he inside shot. the width of the box that's right <laughs> that's right oh um so yeah get fucked mikatarian you're done i think he's done yeah and and let, let's let's just make a couple one more point and then put a line under it i mean his age, the wages. The one thing that we missed out was how slight he is and how easily he is bullied off the ball. Completely unsuited to Premiership So football. at 29, it makes sense to get him on the market this year, to be saying to his agent, around about... We didn't pay uh, anything for him. No, I, I, get, I get that. We're only paying the wages, so the investment isn't incredibly high. But yeah. in saying that, he is 29. He I think that there is still some money for him. We didn't pay for him. We could offload him to someone for fifteen million pound and still be okay with it. You know, it would it wouldn't upset me to get fifteen million pound, twenty million pound, and I still think a reasonable sized European team, Italy, Spain, cannot match his wages though. That's the sticking point. So once well, then again, he can, we'll, we'll end up yeah, being stuck. We're in this fucked position again. You know, and and the, this is the pro- this is the problem time. with the Premier League, Toby. <coughs> so you know what do you do do you just stick him out on loan do you just say to him you're going out on loan and we're going to pay a hundred grand of your wages and then at least you're recouping a hundred and fifty thousand pounds what a length, week what length contract did he get i've got a funny feeling he got a three-year contract three-year Jesus deal christ yeah correct yeah. me if i'm wrong twitter i thought it was a i thought it was a three-year deal my my, yeah. my last just like you said just to put a line under it the only other thing that I, I find upsetting about it is I feel that maybe Emery had the same thinking that I did because me and Unai, you know, were on the phone to each other. He listens to the Ars Brothers. Shout out to Unai. Well, you're, ta- you're teaching him English. I am. I am. He's learning many, many swear words. Um, 
I maybe thought that Unai was thinking the same as what I was thinking. Like, let's give him a run of games. Let's get him into form. And you would think, considering Mkhitaryan's now played, I think, the last three games, he's systematically yeah. got worse. Yeah. And he even got a run at the 10 in Europe. And he fucked up. And he did fuck well. all. So, and that was something you said early on in the year where you were like, oh, well, maybe he's the, the backup for Ozil. That's right. You know, so when Ozil's not playing, you've got Mkhitaryan on. Or if, if Ozil's not being effective, you, you've, yep. you've got that. But, I mean, anyone now who thinks that Mkhitaryan is somehow going to provide you a better work rate than Ozil, I yep. say to you, you're a fucking idiot. Like, yep. <laughs> based on based on what we can see... What's it, the based on the information that is in front of our faces? He's done. He, he, he's not that pressy. He doesn't cooked. work back. He's cooked. He's done. <laughs> he's no more. The game ticks on now that we've 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 put a pin in the Mikatarian thing. Bournemouth is still having chances. Stanislas has a couple of chances. Uh, we yeah. have a couple of chances. Substitutes really quickly, Toby. A uh, lot of people think we lost a lot of impetus when Torreira went off for Genduzi. My opinion of we it did. was it was a necessity because you have to keep Torreira. He's gone away with Uruguay. He's played a load of games. He's played a lot of minutes for us. Correct. And I, he I looked, absolutely he agree gassed, with you. Gassed hard. He I, was sweating. I absolutely agree with you that it was a necessity, but it also shows how much we're relying on him. And it, it's a bit scary. And it you shows know, that Genduzi's Genduzi, a number eight not a number six. Once again, correct. Yeah. So he didn't do a lot wrong, but he just didn't have that that tenacious um, ball-winning capacity that, that Torreira does, you know? So, so many of our attacks would begin with him breaking them down and then we would be countering from there. So Genduzi coming on invited pressure onto us and the moment that he came on, I my anxiety levels started building. Yeah, well, know? I mean, they built towards the end of the game anyway, Toby, and if we're if we going to talk about anxiety levels, mate, let's talk about the last second slidey wanker that is Mustafi and his Jesus ridiculous Christ. challenge and the quantity of shit that was in my pants watching Stanislas line up that free kick. Was more than my little boy. Yep. Um... But fucking hell, like it was... He looked, Mustafi looked I couldn't like he had cooked it. it. He looked like he was shitting himself after he did it. So I was at the point, all right, so it was, it was what? 2, 2.30 in the morning. I've got to be up, you know, 6.37 in the morning to go to work. I had fucking matchsticks trying to stay awake. And I was, I was literally, you know, when you're pooing your pants and you're trying to like you're considering fast forwarding the end just so you don't have to torture yourself for the last. So I actually did a plus 30 seconds on the app that I was watching it. All right. You just couldn't handle because, it. You couldn't do the Arsene Wenger rocking back and forth. Oh, I, I was weak. It was a moment of weakness. Then I see that it's 94 minutes and 30 seconds. So the refs played overtime and I see that Stanislas has, a free kick on the edge of the box. My God, the fear, the anxiety, pop a fucking Xanax to, to get through it. I mean, Jesus Christ. Was it the biggest brain fart that you've seen? And, and how, 
Um, I mean, maybe we're going to start talking about it. Now. No, yeah, let's unpack how, it. Let's unpack it. How now. do you absolve a performance of them that borderline man of the match in a in a in a team performance which wasn't great? One of the standout players, I felt, aside from from you know the the narrative going on from so many other people, I actually felt that he had a fantastic performance. But if there's anyone ca- capable of a greater amount of self-sabotage, can you name that person? I mean, who, he Mustafied the fuck out of it twice. We yeah. almost, we conceded and somehow got a reprieve and had the goal disallowed. And then when we'd won the game effectively, he loses possession and then dives in with a Superman leg breaker. Much like the Mkhitaryan conundrum and us talking about where we're going to get the money to replace players and who we want to hold on to and who we don't want to freeze out of the team. Yeah. We've got to bring in a centre-back. Mustafi has to be worth $25 million, $30 million to a club somewhere. He's not particularly old. To answer this question, what do we do with him? I'm done with this guy. I'm done with this guy, Toby. And it's... And that's not me playing into the... Is it, is it a shame me on me playing, situation? It, yeah, it's not me playing into the common narrative because for most of this game, I had Mustafi down in my top three players. So I had yeah. about five players who I thought had played really, really well for the game. And despite yeah. Mustafi's slide that nearly fucks up for the goal early, he has mm. a really good game. He has a great game on the ball. His passing in between lines at times was amazing. He was stepping up with he, the ball. He was, he was our most important forward passing player. Yeah, because Socrates doesn't far? have a great passing game. Well, no, but can I say that he was our most important forward passing player? Yeah, look, there's, they're much like the Liverpool game. He stepped up in between the lines, goes beyond people. He's got a lovely way to pass. He's got a really good release ball. He is an yeah. all-action guy, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. But the fact of the matter is, again with this slide, it was something that didn't need to get made. It was poorly timed. Like Why you're going to ground there is is just beyond me. And, yeah. you know, he's an accident waiting to happen. So as much as I have become a Mustafi defender of late, not a defender, but I, I, I've been highlighting the things that he does well instead of just focusing on the things that he does badly. Because yeah. Mustafi right now is like the anti-Awobi. Right, everyone looks at yeah. everything good that Awobi does and says he's fantastic. They refuse to look at the bad things he does. Yeah, he's a darling. You yeah. know, and you do. You have darlings of football clubs, and you have villains of football clubs. Mustafi is so easy to vilify because of his face, because of his yeah. beard, you know, because of his history. It's so hard for him to shake that history. But the man's the man's history and the man's perception is of his own making due to this catalog of rash challenges going to the ground at terrible times of the game when you just want him to do anything else. And for me, the time has come. It's time for Emery to put together a team of Emery players. And if that means moving on players like Mustafi, who have value because anyone is going to look at some of their performances and say, yes, you're worth my time, then great, do it, sell him, 
take the 30 million pound, invest it in someone else. I don't know where you're at. Where are you at with him? I'm not that far. I'm actually at a point where I'm looking at a player who is becoming very, he's coming closer and closer to a level that he can be extremely Closer and closer to to doing the same thing. Answer me this question quickly. Is it possible to take the core element of someone's defensive game, the thing that is their highlight reel positive and tell them and teach them to stop doing it because that same thing that is the positive aspect of it is the most negative part of their game. No, you're absolutely right. And can I say with our previous players, you've got Vermaelen, who was an all-action hero, and you've also got Koscielny, who was an all-action hero, both of whom were at times fantastic, highlight real defenders, but a walking disaster area. Both of them. And Koscielny still was up until the point that he got injured. How, like, for instance, the Atletico kicking it into his own face. <laughs> yeah. All right. So for me, yeah, we have we have a bit of a history of that. Is it the way we play that make them more exposed? Probably, to some degree. Um, I'm just not really ready to shoot the cunt yet. I'm just I'm just not quite there. I I enjoy the way he plays. I feel that he's immensely important to the way we go forward at the moment. And if we can just iron out, you know, he, he's at that point. You know, he doesn't go down injured. He's he's learning more and more. He's at an age at 26. He's where- not learning, Toby. He's doing the mm. same shit over and over mm. and over again. He's just improving the parts of his game that he's already good at without eradicating the elements of his game that make him a fucking liability. I reckon this guy yeah. is a 10 goal a season liability. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I'm So there's two trains of thought, Toby, with Mustafi. Mm. There's mm. there's Arsenal to start being a selling club and saying you've not been awful despite the internal I think some of the external perceptions of Mustafi might be that he's an okay player. Right? But the first one is to be a selling club and sell high, sell while while we can. He's, I don't think he's on massive wages. Someone will pick him up. The second train of thought that people have is to buy someone much better and keep Mustafi as the third defender, as the person yeah. who is the additional person in the squad so we're not relying on him. But my issue with that is, is if you do that, you burn Rob Holding straight away, or you end up holding a guy on the bench as a a fourth centre-back who you can't get rid of. And yes, yes, Socrates is is an ageing defender. I thought he was really good in this game. He was was in my mix at times throughout the game as well for positive points. But I just look... Yeah, well, he's more less exciting, but less errors. So you are hold on to Mustafi and go get someone else. That's what you're saying. Yeah. So do you think yeah. that in the next two years, if you put the time into Rob Holding and if you put the same time into Mustafi, do you not think that Rob Holding's level is going to end up higher than Mustafi? I think it probably... I think it has the potential to. I couldn't say... I would rather invest my money in Rob Holding 
and invest my time in Rob Holding because I don't think we get that much money moving Rob Holding on. No, and 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 look, one thing that I have to I have to admit, and we've we've said this before, is Mustafi has to play like that due to his physical deficiencies. And I'm not saying he's not tough or he's not muscly, but he's small. So a Rob Holding, you know, has broad shoulders. He's starting to put on a bit of size, getting into an adult frame. His ability to like step in, lean across a player, a man that he's marking, nudge them off the ball, do things a bit slower, less, you know, superhero style, but to the same effect. So I think added with his acumen on the ball, which I, which I think is, is brilliant really. Um, I think his ceiling could be huge for us. I'm just not willing to cut Mustafi because I don't think there's that much out there. I don't think there's a lot of good central defenders on the well, market. Well, other anymore. teams have better central defenders than us, Toby. There's guys at West Ham who I think are really that um that Diop kid who mm. who, who looks the business. You know, there are there are players out there, man, and Yep. Yep. If if nothing else, the best thing that could happen for Rob Holding this season is that it's Mustafi and Socrates that get interchanged and Rob Holding gets retained. And in a season yep. where there's not so much expected of us, that Rob Holding gets one of those. You know, players sometimes have those stiff trajectory years where they make yep. leaps and bounds. For I feel like Rob Holding is right in the centre of one of those at and, the moment. And don't forget what he did FA Cup final. So I have yeah, a lot yeah, of faith in that absolutely. in that kid. Look, I think he's got Toby, a mature head I think on you're his being shoulders. Weak. I think you're being weak. I think you need to get with the times. I think we've got to start being so bloody sentimental at Arsenal and, and having good feelings about players. And if someone's not at the level, or if we can reinvest the money for that person and get someone at a higher level, it's the only way we're going to compete. Yeah, well, I'm not I'm not saying if there isn't an option to get someone else in or someone makes an offer for Mustafi, but I think it would be ludicrous to be getting rid of him. But you wouldn't throw yeah. the baby out with the bathwater. You wouldn't start to look at selling Mustafi until you had, you know, a handful of viable targets on the table who are going to be either equal to his current level with an opportunity to grow them beyond his level or already at a level beyond him. It may be difficult for us to go into the market and just pick someone up who's above his level, but there may be someone there we can bring in who's maybe going to ship five goals a year instead of 10 goals a year. Yeah. Yeah. Well, look, you're not going to sway my opinion. You're that's, that's my opinion. And I thought, I thought overall he had a very solid game with a couple of typical brain farts. So, and I am still willing, you know, it's, there's not a lot of forgivenesses left, but I'm still willing to see, you know, this player who's been, you know, the Liverpool performance, um, you know, some of the other ones without the errors of someone who is incredibly effective for us. So, I'm not. I'm not willing to to give up on him yet, and I also don't think. Um, I also don't think Emery is. So, anyway, that's that's my that's my stance. So, so the game finishes, Toby, two one to the Arsenal. Up the Arsenal. Come on, you Gunners. We broke the rot of the the run of draws, like we said at the top of the show. 
really, really important in the scope of things, really, really important for what we've got coming up. Yeah. Um, but before we move into the Tottenham game, Toby, and looking forward, we have to do our weekly three two ones and one two threes. And we I've do. got the a, famous. The famous, indeed. And I've got a funny feeling, Toby, that we're both going to have. Fight. No, I think we're both definitely going to have the same negative three. Yeah. So, Toby, let's kick it off with our positive three, Toby. Your man of the match, your full-blown boner. Who did you have it for and why? There was no full-blown boner this match. I th- I think this is a performance of sixes and sevens for our team. I don't think there was any standouts, any amazing performances for the game. I think there were there were positives with sprinklings of negatives throughout. And I thought overall it was, it was it was a fairly disjointed performance and a game that we that ebbed and flowed where we grew into it, you know, went back in our shelves, came out of our shelves, all that type of thing. So I'm going to go for a bit of a controversial three because of of what he didn't do, but the score comes from what he did do with a team that really lacked a created outlet and the ability to get in behind. So my three points this week is going to go to the fridge. Kalasanak. Look, I like yes. that. I like that man. I, I like he had a good game. Yeah. And I and I and I will not be swayed by all of the all of the the hate and everything in terms of his lack of defensive acumen or his inability to play at left no, back. Man, Twitter we, was pretty Twitter Twitter was pretty kind to Kalasanak in the morning. Yeah, okay. A lot of people thought he played okay. well. A lot of people thought it was his best game um, okay. that he'd had for oh, us. Good. So as far as man of the match, you know, I I, 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 I probably wouldn't have given him man of the match but like i said the best from, of an average bunch yeah and that me. that was how i i came about my my three points because yeah. i thought and, and almost could, everyone had yeah. uh, i looked at people's negative points instead of looking at their positive points for this and i was it was like yeah. okay so I've, I've got to find someone who was consistently good for the game yeah. You know, man, I'm going to give it to the little magician again. I, I'm going to give it to Torreira again for yeah, my three points. Good shout. Good I thought shout. he was snappy. I, I thought he did his job. I didn't think that he dropped, you know, that massive amount. He kind of he got stuck in. He had a shot. It hit the post. Yeah. And, and we I, were different when he went off. And and you know what? That was one of the parameters that I used because I think sometimes when a player comes off and a, and a shape starts to alter and change... Yeah. It's um it, it shows the quality of that player, and so much so that it's it's got me really really worried about how we are going to look or how we would look now should he get injured, because I almost think he's the most irreplaceable player for Arsenal mm. on the pitch right now. Absolutely, and and like you said, a good sub from from Emery because he was looking to the next match, like when Urza was subbed against Palace, and it was it was perceived as a bad decision he was looking at the next game i believe all right yeah so, man. yeah people people toby were flipping out about that on twitter flipping out we've lost our shape yeah. why would you pull him off these points are well important. i didn't like it i didn't like it i understood the sub same like, when it happened i was like cool you got a couple of big games coming up the guy's played yeah. a lot he's been away on international yeah. duty Genduzi yeah. is good enough and think of yeah, yeah. um toby so 
Three points for you, man of the match, was for the fridge, Kalasinak. Three points for me was for Torreira, the little magician. Yep. Toby, two points. Who did you have and why? It's almost like we're brothers, the little magician. Well, not the little magician, the little lion. So I've got Torreira for my, for my two points. Yeah, well, I, I guess not much more needs to be said about that, mate. No, it, it doesn't. It doesn't. Uh, you know, and I, I alluded to it earlier. You know, a lot of um, when we broke their play down, which was the catalyst for us moving forward, that came from him, you know, and this game we saw a bit more of his attacking prowess as well because he was driving forward and having shots. So a couple of his passes didn't come off, but I thought overall, you know, he was the fulcrum of our of our team like always. So, um, yeah, not much more needs to be said. I, I love that little mother, love that little motherfucker. 100% mate. My two points, Toby, I gave to Hector. Yeah, great. Good shout, good shout. I, I, the reason he wasn't factored in for me is because he had a far more quiet second half, but I felt that's because he didn't have a buddy because Mkhitaryan didn't I have I thought a he worked his absolute hole off. I thought he was pretty switched on defensively. Yeah. yeah. Um, again, He's a, showing a some lot. maturity. I was just about to say, Toby, he's starting to mm. become a leader in this team. And I made yeah. a call the other week on Twitter. I said, one of the guys who I think could be a future captain at Arsenal is Bellerin. He's starting to be uh, really vocal in the media. earlier this season, you were saying to sell the cup. Yeah, not, well, I, mate, I put my hand up and said on a number of podcasts, I am falling in love with this guy again. I'm falling yeah. in love with him week after week. He's bitey, he's fast. Do you see that when the, yeah. the ball got overplayed and he ran it down and hooked it yeah. back off their byline? Oh, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm well and truly in love of the Cockney Spaniard. I gave him the again. points. I gave, I gave Hector the points because the shit that he has to deal with on a weekly basis of just getting hung out, how much running he's got to do, I, I didn't see the stats, but he w- I reckon he would be all- I reckon he would almost be in the top three every week for quantity of touches, the amount of yeah. touches he has, he, the the amount of quality of touches he has. And he's very skilled in recycling possession as well. Because he's been hung out for so many. Yeah, years, it, it's almost know? it's almost like this entire period of time has all been he's leaving. He's had to man a wing himself. Yeah, and you know <laughs> when that guy gets when that guy gets some support. When that guy gets a, a right winger in front of him who knows how to interchange, he's yeah. he's going to be the best right back in the world. I have I have no doubt about that. Yeah. You know, and yeah. I, I love that he's becoming more of a leader and he's more vocal. And he does his thing. So, you know, in a yeah. in a, maybe a performance that I thought people might not have seen him, people might not have looked at him. You needed I, to give him uh, a big up. Yeah, yeah, and I'm I'm yeah. on the, I'm on the Bellerin train at the moment, mate. Toby, yeah. who did you have for one point and why? The bearded German. You, you you gave Mustafi a point. I've got a note here saying, was going to give Mustafi a point until that last second slide. What a fucking cockhead. Stay on yeah. your feet. No, no. And, and so look, he, was, was he was in there for me, Toby. He was in yeah. there for a point for me as well. Yeah. You and I are very much on the same wavelength with a couple of these yeah. things at the moment. Yeah. And look, I agonized over that. Like I've crossed out three players before. I gave the final point to him. Um, and it's not that I, I feel that we should be absolving him for all those errors, but that really, for me, that performance today outside of those two errors was probably he was going to get three points 
for me. I think so, three points was a is a bit of a push, but I can see why he was in he was in and around my one and two points for yeah. the entire game. Yeah. But yeah. I just thought I just I just can't I just I just couldn't do it. You can't forgive it. it. No, no, and, and look, that's fair enough. And it's also it, it would also fall back on your like you know, your management style or whatever, you know, I, I, I don't know. It's do you fuck a player for fucking you like that or almost fucking you? He's or like you an abusive husband, Toby, that I keep going back to. Yeah. Like, you know, he Can't. does he does it and he's like, I promise, baby, I'll never do it again. <laughs> Can't find a better man. You know, I won't ever do it again, baby. I was just it was just in the game and I won't do it, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Toby, my one point I gave to the fridge. I gave it to Kalasanak. Yeah, cool. So we, we're there or thereabouts. Yeah, look, I thought he worked his whole With off. Slightly I, different I, I thought he yeah. was, you know, there's a moment where he's, he goes shoulder to shoulder with that young, I think it was the young kid, Brooks, and Brooks, oh, he Brooks goes Brooks. fucking flying into the crowd. And the ref oh, has he... a word at him. And Kalasanak turns around and yells at the ref. And I was like, I would not fuck with Kalasanak. <laughs> I would not fuck with him for any money. He's oh. got an MMA fighter's body, mate. Yeah, no, I, I, um, I would be a man crush for, for the fridge. But he found the ball to your banger man. He got the ball yeah. to him. Uh, he was in a number of really dangerous areas. I think it might have even been his ball... That Lerma volleyed in. I might be wrong he there. Did. I it, thought it, it was. No, he did. It, it was. It wasn't the best cross, but it was him. Doesn't matter. Get it in an area and defenders have to defend yeah. it. So he still had yeah. to be there. So that was my one point yeah. for Kalasnak. So we're, we're really on the same wavelength here. Yep. Toby, yep. into our negative numbers. So our players who we didn't think played particularly well. So negative one, Toby. Your third, your third worst player on the pitch. Be- begrudgingly... And he almost did enough good things to not get a negative point, but for the profligate finishing, I just I felt I had to go there. So you're banging man, negative one for Mate, me. Same for me, negative one as well. I wrote the same thing as you. Big chances, fluff them. My nan could have tapped in that goal. Yeah, it, you know it. It was. I I found it really difficult, but he was on the periphery of the game for so much of it. He's such a low-touch player. And you know yeah. what? In a game where he gets low touches and those shots are going on goal or they're getting or they're getting saved, then I'm not going to shit on him. The fact yeah. that he sprayed those goals so far over the bar, like he bobby yeah. fucking Zamora'd one of them, man. Like He did. It, it, he did. I just, I just thought... I just thought... If you're creating chances out of nothing and they're not going in, that's great. fine. That's fine. Yeah. If you're getting chances really put into areas that you should be scoring or at least testing the keeper, the fact that he didn't test the keeper for the entire day, yeah, I, I had to give him a negative one. I'm really happy that you you went with that as well because man, there were people out there giving him man of the matches and saying, yeah, yeah it's so fucking fantasy Premier League. People were saying like, oh, you know, but he got his goal. That's what he's there to do. And I was like, yeah. but he missed the other two and we could have been two goals down. So it was more than two, but yeah, two, two more. Two, sorry, two glaring ones I had. Where you've got to, you've got to work the keeper. I don't even mind if it gets saved. No, no, work just the work keeper. the keeper. It's like playing golf, right? You don't leave putts short because you have to give the ball 
you have to give the ball the best opportunity to go in, to go in yeah. right? So people say yeah. miss high in golf. You're better off missing high. If you miss short, it was never going in. It never had a chance. And I'm looking at those you bang and man shots and I'm thinking they were never going anywhere but into the stands. So I negative one him as well, man. So yeah. we'll, we'll cop a bit. Oh, well, we'll cop, we'll cop and- a, we will cop a bit of flack for that, man, because I already put some thoughts up on on Twitter and on Facebook um, in one of the Arsenal fans' forums and, and, and copped a bit of flack for that already. Toby, negative two, your second worst player on the pitch. Who did you have and why? Uh, this week for Lieutenant Dan. Toby, as if we were brothers, I also have a negative two for Lieutenant Dan. May we add that we haven't spoken about these games. We haven't spoken about football in about together. two weeks. So... So yeah, why did you have Lieutenant Dan in there? Look, I, I felt that their job was harder today because they let, had less, they just had less bodies in the midfield. So I sort of felt that they were a bit more isolated, and then the spacing, like the the, the physical distance between the players um, around them that they were trying to find was greater. So I felt like they were more isolated. Um, so it was a harder game. I just felt that there was there was a, a certain number of sloppy passes of getting pressed by being one-footed. And then there was also a couple of defensive errors in there. So like always with, with Jacker, his passing stats would be good. There was some good incisive passing, um, you know, cutting, penetrating lines, what have you. Um, but I felt overall there was enough sloppy elements to it that he caused us some issues so it was one of his off games so I'm not going to destroy the guy um, but I felt certainly that um, that his negative two was warranted um, in so, the so I the, had two the... I had two issues with Lieutenant Dan two things I took a, a reasonable amount of issue towards number one was twice he played a ball across the box from left to right when we were in attacking position out to the right wing. Twice it was a terrible ball. Once he hung Bellerin out, turned into a counter-attack, really dangerous. The next time he hung Mustafi out, turned into a counter-attack, really dangerous. And those are balls yeah. that I'm those are the balls that are usually the thing that we're waxing lyrical about Jacker. So those yeah. two I thought were really bad. He also gets full blown Lieutenant Dan twice on his line again where he gets the yeah. ball in a time, couldn't sort his feet out, gets caught on it. Both of them turned into really serious chances as well. And then there's yeah. another one where there's no pressure on him and he just goes to dink a ball out from his own box and it hits the front man and that turned into a chance. And yeah. I thought that he was yeah. quiet throughout the game anyway. I didn't think mm-hmm. that the system suited him as it well didn't. because I thought he had people in front of him because it was like this yeah. boxy, there was two in front of him, then one in front of him. He couldn't really impact the game. And I also thought yeah. Torreira out-energied him, outworked yeah. him, you know, buzzed around him a lot more. And it, it made Granite look like the the static totem that he can occasionally look like. Yeah. So yeah. I neg- And the fact that Torreira had a bit more of um, an attacking influence on the game as well. So he was he was kind of doing two people's jobs. And then when Torreira went forward, I, a couple of times I didn't think Xhaka did a great job of backing off. And I don't know whether that's because he doesn't read the game well enough to back off or in that mm-hmm. speed of transition, his lack of yeah. 
a football brain, which I, I don't think yeah. he has a great football brain, it, it, whether he actually has the athleticism and the football brain to actually turn around and, and run the opposite direction from the goal. So yeah. 100% yeah. with you, Toby. Toby, I assume yeah. we've both got Mikatarian for a negative three. Can we give him a negative six? Well, we have. We've both given him three points. What Each. do you reckon the likelihood is percentage-wise? And, and again, listeners, every week I say that we're going to tally up the points or that we're going to do a pod where we go through the, the tallied points for the three two ones and one two threes. We will get there, I promise. Toby, what do you reckon the likelihood is is that Mik- is that Mikatarian isn't statistically and scores wise for us the worst player of the year? Oh, I don't think there's a lot of chance. I, I, I mean, th- and, I think, and, and I think without even, even playing every game, it, without even yeah. counting it, I reckon I can tell you, I, I reckon he's a hundred percent our worst player of the year. Well, do you even remember um, when you were? you were questioning how much of a, an asshole I was for giving him the negative three for the Chelsea game. He scored a goal and got an assist. So my, yeah. my issue was not that you gave him negative points. It was that you gave him negative three. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, I, I think that's how polarizing he is because of the, the misplaced passes, the poor body language, the poor tracking back, the, the poor partnership building, um, you know, with his closest allies on the pitch, you know, there's, you know, and then like nonchalant, crazy good finishing out of nowhere, you know. So, anyway. so I just wrote down one note next to it, and I just wrote utter shit, fuck off. Yeah. yeah. So I think we, I think we burst that bubble on them. Yeah. Pretty, pretty well. So Toby, yeah. uh, into the Tottenham game at home next week. I think you and yeah. I should try and watch it together and maybe do a little bit of of live recording. Because I think what night? It's, what night is it's it? A, on? It's a Sunday, and I think it's at a reasonable time. Score prediction: Arsenal, Tottenham, at home. I think we're going to lose two one. I think, as I rub my beard, I don't know if you can hear that in the microphone, or what little facial hair that I, I call a beard. That you, that you stroked. That I stroked. I think it's going to be 1-1. I think it's going to play out very similar to the Liverpool I'd game. be happy with a 1-1. We did a, we did a solid job last year for that. I think Tottenham, yeah. Tottenham are going to come at us. I think we've been better this year against teams who have come at us. Mm. Um, I think that we will probably win the midfield battle. I think our, mm. I think our midfield, I think Xhaka, Torreira... Erzul is is better than what they've got currently. Who have they got? Their their best midfielders aren't playing much at the moment, are they? No. So you've got the one who always got, used to scare the shit out of me was Dembele. Every time he well, every time he's played against us, he was us, one of the best I've, players I've in left, the league. Yeah, every time he's he, he's played against us for them, I've left going, holy fucking shit, this guy's good. Do you, do you remember how much he um, wore out Jackie Wilshere last year? Yeah, yeah, he stuck his dick in Jack's ass. But Jackie worked his ass off more yeah. than more than others. Yeah, and then Jack was just bouncing off him though. Like early on, yeah. Jack went with him physically, and then Musa was Musa was just like, "You are much smaller than I am." Yeah. Um. So he's been injured a lot the last two seasons, hasn't he? Not that I pay a lot of spent. I don't pay a lot of attention to Spurs, but I know Ericsson hasn't been 
either playing or in very good form this year. Delhi Alley is not in the yes, same. He has. he has been playing super well. He had an injury, but I think he's back now and he's playing well. Um, Delhi Alley, from what I was understanding, hasn't been really, really amazingly good. I mean, not like that season he had when he had his Aaron Ramsey season. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and and the, but I mean, I've said this for a long time about Tottenham. I, there is some of their parts team again. Pochettino puts some of parts teams together. The scum yeah. are better as a unit than they are individually. You know, in the yeah. past, you'd say maybe Harry Kane was the difference. Well, yeah. Lacazette, you bang a man, you know, we, we've got that covered for firepower. It, it's really going to be about how we come out, and I think whoever scores first in this game, it, it's going to make a massive difference. They're much better at the back than us. I think they've got yeah. better... I think they've got... Um, I think Bellerin's probably the only player in Arsenal's back five that gets into that team. Yeah, and only because Trippier has lost form. Yeah. Fuck, there's been some good games, but, you know, the the 5-2 Look, you know, we're, we're both, were we're both picking We're both picking low-scoring games. I mean, it's traditionally a high-scoring game. Yeah, yeah. The the Rizitsky goal, oh, the one the with Zitz. the double I fucking devil love that goal. Yeah. I watched that one of the my, other day. One of my, fav- my favourite goals, like, emotionally. Yeah. Oh. The, the other Rizitsky goal, like, the dink from Walcott, it was Walcott or Sanya, the dink somehow on the outside of his left boot that was the actual inside of the of the goal, like the real close fit was that was a that was in the five two game. That was a phenomenal goal, that one. Okay, so that is pretty much it for the night from Toby and I. Um if you're after listening to a little bit of extra Ask Brothers content, or at least one half of the Ask Brothers, which is myself, Ask Brothers Max. I did a little spot with the guys from Guns and Yellow Ribbons last week. Uh, did a Guna debate with Fergus and Manny. Uh, and that's up at the moment on their SoundCloud. Really, really good independent podcast. Really good guys. They've got a website up and running now, uh, which is gunsandyellowribbons.com. Yeah, you can follow them on Twitter at Guns and Ribbons or follow them on Facebook at Guns and Yellow Ribbons. Toby, did you listen to the uh, the episode? I did. I, I feel that um, I feel that I have a, a, a quite a deep connection with those two after that podcast. I felt like I knew them quite quite well after, and I really enjoyed listening to it. So, um, so does that mean you're famous now? Uh, I don't know, mate. I'm now cross. Uh, what does it mean when you're over the cross seas? continental? I'm now, I'm now cross continental. Um, I managed to get through the entire episode without saying "cunt," which is, you know, for me, oh, well, it's, excellent. It's a he, he didn't even need to edit them out, right? It, I, know, it was, I just, I, know. I, I, I sat myself down. I said to myself, Max, this isn't the Ass Brothers. These guys are, are, you know, maybe a bit more professional than we are. And respectable, respectable, and and definitely looking at a wider audience than we do, than our very thin audience, our rabble of degenerates that follow us. Um, that's right, that's right. So they're better people as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But all in all, it was it was really great fun. It's a really good pod. Um, lots of back mm. and forth. We go through the Aaron Ramsey saga, what to do about Granite Xhaka. We went through how replacing Monreal at Arsenal is an absolute. Absolute necessity, 
As... And where it was a good pod, I felt, and this is where people could go back and listen and listen to it. It wasn't about specific games. It no, no, no. Overall... It was it was it was a Guna debate. It was an overall look. So, guys, if you're around, go and have a listen to it. I think the episode title is called "An Irishman, an Aussie, and a Frenchman Where's the Punchline." Um, so, if you haven't gone and checked them out, go check out the guys from Guns and Yellow Ribbons. Have a listen to Ask Brothers Max, which is me on the episode. Tune in to us moving forward. We're going to have a lot more consistent content coming your way from here on in. Um, Looking forward to speaking to you after our massive win at Tottenham. Cheers, guys. Good night. Thank you very much. Good night.